My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. I'm just, I'm in a bad mood. And welcome to our special Oddscast Summer NFL Preview Series. This is just something we're going to do to put out there um, as we deal with no sports. Sports coming back. Um, we have the NFL hopefully returning in September, uh, but we just thought this was a good thing to put out like some 25, 30 minute um, podcasts on each of the NFL's divisions to uh, help you with your futures bets, help you um, just look at where the teams are, fantasy advice, over under win totals. And uh, we're going to start with the NFC East. I'm David DeLeo. Alongside Joe Delera, Terry Takes. Um, first, guys, let me ask you just with the no fan situation, um, we've seen the Bundesliga come back and we've kind of been able to see um, European sports or sports that we normally would bet um, deal with no fans. How do you think that that translates to the NFL? How does this change your projections on teams and schedules, if at all? And what are you looking for um, with teams or what teams are you looking for? Like what attributes are you looking at um, to kind of identify teams that could handle this probably better than other teams? Well, Mr. Dominic, thanks for having me on again for the 30th straight episode. Um, (laughs) I think what you're saying about Bundesliga, it's very odd. Um, Even the UFC, it's very odd not to have fans in the stands have that background noise and you just hear like UFC, you hear the coach, everything the coaches say, or you hear the players yelling, um, on the field, on the soccer pitch. And it's just like very eerie how they're just, there's no one there. And it can, I think it helps. I, I'm pretty sure it helps just the better teams just because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if you're on, if they're on the road, I, it kind of just, you're just playing at a neutral site, essentially. Sure, there's inconvenience for traveling, but it's 2020. Traveling's pretty easy now. Um, so I, I don't think home field, like for the Saints, the Superdome, huge advantage for them. I, they're not going to have that. It's just going to be in a dome. Um, so I think home field advantage is definitely going to be going to be discounted. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. Just the better teams, and and just in terms of like home field advantage in the NFL seems huge. And that could be a combination of travel. It could be the combination of fans. Um, I don't, you know, I think in the Bundesliga, the first weekend they had, I think only like the one team at home won. Um, but you know, in the NFL, it's a little bit of different animal. You know, I think rest is still going to be a factor. You know, if a team coming off Monday night, uh, plays early on Sunday or like if they have a Thursday night game and have extra rest to prepare. Like, I think those things still matter. Um, but I think I'm with you on the home field advantage, not necessarily being as big of a deal as it was. Um, it's, I I don't think the point, the spreads, at least for week one, I don't think have adjusted for that, um, yet, but Joe, any thoughts on, on home field, um, and just a general, COVID-19 overview on how you project this NFL season. Yeah. I mean, obviously uh, the lack of having fans there is going to have it. I think it's going to be, it's going to change some of these spreads that we're looking at, but uh, you know, obviously there is some home field that you can account for in terms of maybe weather, 
or uh, conditions that might appear in one one home stadium versus another that a team could kind of benefit from based on their roster composition. But that's not going to be the whole thing that when you're looking at the spread and like how it's going to affect the point total. Um, I think uh, interesting thing. I've, I've talked with Terry about this outside of the podcast, but the continuity among your coaching staffs yeah. and teams is probably going to be a big deal, at least in the beginning of the season. Um, it might hurt teams that have a new head coach that doesn't have any turnover or that has, you know, all the turnover or doesn't have any turnover from uh, the last coaching staffs. So, like we're going to talk the NFC East, um, you know, McCarthy Perfect. being the new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, but Kellen Moore has been the offensive coordinator for there for a while and they kept him on. So I think you have to look more towards of like schemes and how schemes carry over from, from one head coaching regime to the other. Um, I think it might hurt younger teams um, just dealing with the weirdness of not playing um, and not having like offseason workouts. Um, I think the you know teams that have veterans, you know, veteran quarterbacks with leadership um, might help that a little bit more with teams not able to really start practicing um, as soon as you know as early as they would have in other years. What do you think about just coaching staffs in general? Um, do you agree with that take about the continuity in coaching staffs dealing with the coronavirus? Well, let's let's just segue this right into the NFC East because mm-hmm. three of the four teams in that division have a new head coach. New coach. Um, so I think there is an advantage to the Eagles who have the same coaching staff. They have the same quarterback. And they're just implementing, you know, rookies and free agent signings into the same system as opposed to the Cowboys, who I think on paper are more talented than the Eagles. But again, that's you're dealing with an entire like a different head coach. Like you said, you still have Kellen Moore there. So there's some familiarity and um, it's more of it seems like they just traded out head coaching the head coach for a better decision maker. (laughs) I don't really think McCarthy brings anything different than Jason Garrett, instead of maybe he'll go for it on fourth down. So (laughs) I think um, for the other two teams, Joe judge and Rivera, Rivera has experience. So you kind of give him the edge and trying to, you know, implementing his schemes with a new team. He's done it before. Um, And Joe judge is, he has an entire new staff that, you know, he's worked with some of them before in new england he's brought over a decent amount of people from new england but he's never been head coach and it's a tough way to start your career in this awkward situation yeah and i think you know as you look towards like 2019 dvoa totals like the cowboys had the second highest ranked dv uh, offensive dvoa they keep the majority of their offense um in terms of their coaching staff intact um and they add um some talents on offense um you know with uh lamb coming there as a first round pick um i think as we look at this at on a broader scale in terms of picking a divisional winner everywhere in the books cowboys and eagles are really in the first tier of this division plus 100 to plus 115 depending on the book it's really a toss-up between those two teams and then the Giants and the Redskins plus 700 to plus 1200, wherever you look. Um, and that's kind of like the, the lower tier, but it seems to be a two horse race um, between the Eagles and Cowboys. I would agree with your sentimentary that the Cowboys have a better team on paper um, just because of their offensive weapons, I think are a little bit better than the Eagles um, defensively. 
you know, the Cowboys have some questions whether Van Der Esch can come back healthy and be like his rookie self. Um, Their linebackers are just, you don't know which ones are going to play what week. Yeah. But I think, you know, in terms of like a full healthy roster right now, I think I would give the, a slight edge to the Cowboys. I really would. Um, Also a thing to remember as we go into this, the NFC East has been the team with the division with the most parity in the NFL. A team has not won back-to-back NFC East titles since 2004. Um, and that was with the Eagles, the McNabb, Reed, um, 03, 04 Eagles. Um, and it's been weird. I, the Eagles won the division last year. Um, I think it was a nine and seven win for them. Um, yeah. And the Cowboys, the Cowboys were a weird team last year where, efficiency wise everything they were doing on paper like dvoa loved them and they just couldn't win football games and i don't know how you're looking at this top two um maybe talk a little bit about what you're picking to separate them you know does does the peterson um eagles coaching advantage play out over the cowboys roster advantage like do you look at that differently um, and which team do you give the edge to in terms of winning this division? Um, well, I mean, if you look at even to, in terms of their strength of schedule based on, uh, like Warren Sharp tweeted out something based on Vegas's like forecast of 2020 win totals and the Cowboys have, uh, like a significantly easier schedule than the Eagles. The Cowboys have the ninth easiest schedule and then the Eagles have the 19th. So I guess that's you know, in a more that's obviously on a more difficult end of the scheduling. Uh, so, I mean, I think looking in terms of that, and then it, you have to kind of weigh the strength of schedule with the coaching continuity and the Cowboys, is that talent going to just carry them or not? Um, I, 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 my gut is like, I would lean more towards the Cowboys just based on their talent offensively. I think they're going to be able to put up points. I think the Eagles like really showed that they were having trouble last year. I think sometimes really putting up points, having wide receivers even catch the ball. And then, you know, they drafted another quarterback and they didn't really add to their offense. And, or they did, but like with the weirdest wide receiver pick of the draft, it seemed like uh, in the first round. Well, I think that I, I'm the, the pick of Hertz. I actually can defend it. I actually like it just because Wentz has not finished a season um, healthy yeah. in his entire Eagles career. Don't agree um, with him, Joe. Good cop, bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the addition of, you know, I, I would have even, like, these teams are so close together that I was almost even looking at like backup quarterback situations in terms of like yeah. a hole to pick, a, uh, you know, an edge on any side. But then the Cowboys went and signed Eddie Dalton, which is a pretty exactly. good signing for them. Um, I think the Cowboys roster is, like I said, I think it's a little bit better. The Eagles on defense, um, they have a very good line with Cox and Graham. Um, but they lost Malcolm Jenkins and, you know, Jenkins wasn't statistically the best player on that, on that defense and that secondary. Um, but he was like the captain of that, that defense and, um, you know, that defense really held them in games. So it's going to be interesting to see a, a guy like him who has been that leader on the defense for the last four or five years be gone. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily too sold on the Eagles defense, um, but again, the Cowboys have a lot of questions too. Terry, what do you, you know, at the end of the day, you have to pick one or you cannot pick either one of them. Um, because I think there is some value at the back end of this division in terms of bets that I'm looking at, but what do you think? Um, and who are you giving the edge to? Uh, 
I lean I lean towards the Cowboys just because well not just because but I mean one no team is repeated which is not surprising in this division that's just been mediocre teams and to think and I think both teams were kind of mediocre last year um, the Eagles I mean like you said they lost Malcolm Jenkins that they did they added like Darius Slay and Roby Coleman so. Leadership may be gone, but they still have they added talent to their secondary. Um, I think, like I said, I think that they just replaced Jason Garrett with someone else that's going to be more aggressive and be a better decision maker. I don't think much has really changed with that team except for the head coach. Um, so, I, I, well, I mean, I, if, if you look at that, like, does that go, does that add one or two more wins? I think I think so, and I think especially um, generally in the, in the season, you know, it takes a while for defenses to catch up because there isn't, you know, with the collective bargaining agreement, there aren't as many practices where you can hit. So defenses, you know, it's a, you're limited on how many practices you can have. So defenses, it takes longer for a defense to get going than an offense. So I think in a situation, especially now, where who knows how much off-season preparation you're going to have the first month or month and a half could essentially be like a preseason and you could be a lot of backyard football where it's just you know the team that scores the most points is going to win so in that in that situation i'm going to give the edge to the cowboys yeah looking at the 2019 um points for points against the cowboys had 434 points for 321 points against that's over a hundred uh point differential Still went eight and eight, missed the playoffs. For example, you know, and to compare that with the Eagles, three eighty five scored to three fifty four given up, and they made the playoffs even despite only a thirty point differential. The Cowboys, on paper, and it, it's it might be just a reflection of Jason Garrett as a head coach, but in his inability to win these football games. Um, but I think the Cowboys. I think we're all leaning the Cowboys here. Um, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. if I'm not reading the room correctly, plus plus one ten on MGM. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, given like I mean, you, say, you bring up a good point with the offense, I, I the team not winning back to back titles since 04. It's weird, um, but it's like I hate to make a pick just on that. But like these teams are pretty close on the edge wise. Um, both of their offensive lines are like top five in the NFL. Um, the Cowboys lost their all pro center, um, but then drafted a center to replace him um like in the third round i think he's from wisconsin yeah. wisconsin linemen always work out um but i think you know unless there's anything else i think the cowboys are our pick here yeah i i think we're together on this one right <laughs> so let's look yeah. at the back end of this division the giants and the redskins and i don't know if you can explain to me as a giants fan joe why the giants are getting more love um than the redskins in the both the total markets um i think the redskins settle around five the giants is around like six and the divisional yeah. markets um you know not usually those two correlate with each other um but the redskins here like i don't see how the giants are definitively better than the redskins yeah. given what we just talked about and how we how we picked apart the cowboys and the eagles you look at the redskins here Ron Rivera has never won less than six wins in a full season, has never had less than six wins in a full season as coach as a coach in Carolina. Giants have a new coach who's not really known as like an innovator. 
Um, if they had like, if they brought in like this whiz kid, like Sean McVay type, like maybe I'd give them a chance, but, um, Redskins, I think have, uh, they're like the same team, but the giants have a worse coach, a worse pass rush. And I, you know, explain to me how the giants are better than the Redskins. Oh, I don't think I can. Like, I think that you're, I think that you're, what you're saying is right. Um, in terms of like the, where the value is, like they should be really graded the same. Um, even like, if you look at the end of the season, uh, really the giants wind up winning some kind of like BS games. They really probably should not have like even been trying to win given the circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I guess like part of it is probably perception as what like Daniel Jones is perceived to be better than Haskins. Um, for, I, and I, it might also have to do with the fact that the giants, I think beat the Redskins twice last year. So maybe that's part of what the deal is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think on paper, really, they're very similar uh, in terms of talent across the board um, with really probably, I guess, maybe the best player being Barkley on both uh, out of both teams. But I don't really know. Um, I don't think either team is particularly good. <coughs> Terry, any any thoughts on the Giants versus Redskins debate? I'll get more into it after you talk, because I, I, there's a bet that I love that I want to give out on this podcast. OK, um, no, I think they're pretty even. I don't really think. I think both teams are pretty bad. Um, the R words um, had the second worst point differential last year, uh, just behind the Dolphins, minus one sixty nine. Um, so they're not a good team. And I, they added Chase Young, and that's you know you can get a draft gate draft grade of an A just by drafting Chase Young because he fell into your lap at number two. But I I don't really think they've gotten any better. They've signed Thomas Davis, who's 37 years old and rejoins Ron Rivera as the, as a linebacker. Um, I, I know you like, you like them. I, I don't, I don't see it. (laughs) Like, like is, like is a relative relative. (laughs) I like the Redskins over five wins just because of Rivera as a coach. Like Joe brought up the Haskins versus Jones debate and PFF had Haskins much higher. I mean, not much higher, but like incrementally higher than Jones. Their offensive lines are exactly the same. Terry McLaurin was one of the highest graded receivers in the entire NFL and spoiler alert, like is going to be my fantasy pick of the year. Um, just because I think he's like this, that's crop. Normally history says second year wide receivers, like that's when they make their jump to star. And McLaurin was pretty much close to being a star in the first in his rookie season. They have like a dynamic wide receiver. who I think other than Barkley is like the best weapon between these two, these two teams. Um, Darius guys coming back. Like, yeah, I don't really care about running backs, but there's something there. Um, Chase young, who was higher, you know, by all accounts was like the highest graded pass rusher to ever come out in college. Um, since they really started grading pass rushers in like 2012, 2013. So it's higher than Bosa was last year who had an immediate impact on the 49ers, albeit on a, on a much more complete defense, but given Rivera versus judge, Haskins versus Jones, Chase Young versus the entire Giants pass rush, which is non-existent. Like, I don't see how the Giants get to six wins given their opening schedule. Like this, like going through the schedule, how do you get 
explain to me how you get like more than two wins in this in this schedule. All right. Oh, yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. Home I mean, versus yeah, like, Steelers. Home versus Steelers week one. At the Bears week two. Home 49ers week three. At the Rams week four. At Cowboys week uh, week five. Then you have a winnable game with the Redskins at home on uh, yeah. week six. Then Eagles Bucks. Redskins Eagles. So the first ten games you have the Redskins twice. And the only maybe winnable game I would give them there is the Bears. But you're playing the Steelers, 49ers, Rams, Cowboys, Bucks. Like, all these teams are supposed to be in the top four, five, six in the NFC. And I just don't see how they, you know, best case scenario, they get three wins out of that top ten. Like, and then probably two of them are against the Redskins. <laughs> and I think that I think that they split that just because of how even the teams are. But, like, I, I – I believe that the Redskins are better than the Giants. That's all I'm going to say. That, that, if that's liking the Redskins, then that's what that's what like is to me. Yes, it is. <laughs> I think that's liking. I, yeah, I'm waiting. I at the totals. I'm there, it's five is juiced up to minus one twenty. I'm hoping maybe it'll get to five and a half. Then I would bet it. Bet the under. But uh, yeah, I don't. There's not don't too sleep. many bets. I don't sleep on Rivera. Don't sleep on I, Rivera. I will. I will. <laughs> I will soundly so, sleep on him. So the it just feels like it just feels like when you're saying that though, like with the Redskins getting the really, you're saying they're going to get to six wins. I feel like you're. Are you assuming that they just beat the Giants twice? Like, is that the bet, really? Or like, like who do you think they're beating? Because like they're not good either. You know what I mean? And they're playing the they're playing the the NFC East plays the AFC North and the NFC West, and they have. At Detroit and um, against Carolina, Ron Rivera revenge game. Because like I, like looking at the Redskins schedule, you know they have to play. I mean, they start off with the Eagles, the Cardinals, the Browns, which probably like maybe a winnable game there, or the Cardinals. But then you got the Ravens, the Rams, the Giants, Cowboys, Giants, Lions, Bengals. They probably win. Um, then Cowboys, Steelers, Niners. Then they the finish. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying they. I'm saying they finish like Niners, Seahawks, Panthers, Eagles. So like, I don't. I don't know. I don't really see where you're getting six wins though. I think. I think the Redskins are good enough to steal um, at least one game from the Eagles, Cowboys. Those four games. I. I would not say the same for the Giants. That's yeah, I think point. the Giants stink. Yeah. So if you think the Giants stink like I do, the Giants to finish fourth in the NFC East is plus 160 on a FanDuel. Yeah. I mean, my best bet for the Giants was, you know, I like the under six and a half, but on MGM, they have a special bet. um, Giants to start 0 and 4 plus 240. And. After your, you know, as you said, going over that schedule, I don't really see where they get a win. Yeah, I mean, I think they could win the game week two against the Bears because I'm yeah. not a big believer in the Bears, but like it's at Chicago. But home give, field, give it over. It <laughs> it's true. That's true. I mean, this is, these are the kind of things we're gonna have to like discuss on on each um, on each division like how does COVID affect these teams but at the end of the day like a rookie head coach like joe judge who has just been in charge of like special teams 
since this, like, yeah, maybe their special teams will be good, but like, I don't think that there is really any world in which the giants come out and win more than six and a half games. And I think the under there is a, is a stone cold block. I mean, I will say no one has mentioned this yet. Um, he did hire Freddie kitchens to be his tight ends coach. So. <laughs> Change that. Evan, Evan Ingram breakout year. And he also, yeah, he also has Brett Bielema on his staff, the former Wisconsin slash Arkansas college head coach (laughs) we will end with this on the nfc so we're all on the cowboys um or at least leaning cowboys unless anything changes um giants and redskins i like the redskins to be better than the giants um do with that what you will i don't like the redskins i don't love the redskins but i will (laughs) say that they are better than the giants and i'm betting the giants to finish fourth in the division is that also being in New Jersey, FanDuel has like a cool um, local favorites portion on their sports books. So you can go yeah. through each team that has legalized sports betting and they have a market for the Giants first win. <laughs> so you go through all. So if you think they're going to win their first game week six for the versus the Redskins is plus 750. Um, I might take a flyer and just say oh, crazy <laughs> that like that that could happen um but like fading the giants i think is is probably a good idea too any parting thoughts on the nfc east i was Um, i was just gonna ask um what's your best bet for the division giants to finish fourth plus 160 joe oh this pain it's so painful because you know i obviously want to root for the giants but i gotta I got to tend to agree, I think, here. I, or, like, you might be able to do one of those parlays, I think, on MGM where they have the four teams in a row. And I would do Cowboys, Eagles, Redskins, Giants. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say my best bet is under six and a half wins for the Giants. Minus 120. I like that a lot, too. Because, um, I, like I said, I don't, I just don't see any world in which they win seven games. Um, but... You know, crazier things have happened. I think in a division like this where it's so heavily separated between the top two and the bottom two, like looking at the bottom two and some of these more exotic props like we have here is a better idea than trying to, you know, really pick apart Eagles and the Cowboys and try and find a uh, an angle that you like um, because that could come back to bite you. But if you're pretty sure that the Giants are going to be bad, like I think they are, like even if Andrew Thomas is like – the next coming of Orlando pace. Like I still think the team. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Um, any week one thoughts, do we want to touch on that? Yeah. I, I don't know why the Steelers are only favored by like two and a half points. Um, that's like my favorite bet of the entire, entire week one. I think they're four. They're minus four now on FanDuel. I think. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't really looked at the week. I mean, Either way, but I'm I, looking at it now. Yeah, I think the Steelers win that by at least a touchdown. Um, the Cowboys, Cowboys as a two and a half point favorite in LA is interesting. I would like yeah, to see yeah, it three, and then I would I would bet the Rams, but we're not doing that. Yeah, like a normal <laughs> in a normal non COVID, um, normal non COVID. Like my my sensors go off immediately as the Rams being a home dog in their opening stadium, um, 
But and then you have the Eagles who are six and a half point favorites. This game happened last year in Philly and it was everybody's survivor pick Eagles hosting the Redskins and the Redskins went up like 21 seven and the Eagles had the ramp a comeback in the final minutes. Um, but yeah, but I'm not betting any of those now. Yeah. Interdivisional games. I don't really like, but I would lean the Rams and the Steelers there. Fair. All right, that's our NFC East. Um, we'll be coming out with the AFC East uh, a couple days from now, but uh, we're going to be putting out these quick hitters. Let us know your thoughts on the divisional summer NFL preview series from the Oddscast. Stay tuned. I worry about nothing. I am wearing a nada. I'm sitting pretty impatient, but I know you gotta put in them hours. I'm sending pick up to picture, I'ma get you fired. I know you're always on the night shift, but I can't stand these nights alone. And I don't need no explanation, cause baby, you're the boss at home. You don't gotta go to work, 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 but you gotta go to work. You don't gotta go to work, 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 work. Let my body do the work, 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 work. We can work tomorrow. Oh, oh. We can work tomorrow. Oh, oh. Let's put it in a motion. I'ma give you a promotion. I'll make it feel like a vacay. Turn the bed into an ocean. We don't need nobody. Nothing but sheets in between us Ain't no getting off early I know you're always on that night shift But I can't stand these nights alone And I don't need no explanation Cause baby, you're the boss at home You don't gotta go to work, 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 work But you gotta be I'ma buy a new Celine Let her ride in the forest with me Ooh, she the bank I'm her boo And she down to break the rules Ride and die, she gon' go I'm gon' do, she finesse I pipe up, she take that Put in overtime on your body You ain't gotta go work Work, 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 work But you gotta be 